Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Word of Masters. Talk Recorded live. 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 <laughs> All right. So anyway, this journeyman who wanted to become a master at what he was doing would make a sample of his work to take to the board of masters. And they would decide whether he was good enough to join the guild. And the guild is just an association. And this piece that he would make and take to the board of masters was called something we've all heard of. It was called a masterpiece. So what has that got to do with what we're doing? As you practice your NLP and get better and better and better, you become masters at NLP. So practicing this stuff over and over and over makes you a master. This is your masterpiece, okay? Okay. So, what we're going to talk about is why we need to use NLP on people. And I'll give you an excellent quote. Back in the early 1900s, most people rode horses, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And back in the early 1900s, a guy named Henry Ford came along, came up with the assembly line, and started mass-producing cars and selling cars to people. So now everybody's got a car, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, somebody said to Henry Ford one day, you know, one of these new young people, why do we just make the cars? Why don't you ask the customer what they want? You know what Henry Ford said? He said, if I asked the customer what they wanted, they'd say a faster horse. People don't know what they want. That's why we use NLP. Don't people think they should price their house too high? Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Don't people want to pay you less? Yep. 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 Don't people want to argue with you about the contract when it comes in? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, today we're going to talk about internals and externals. These are two of the difficult people that you work with. So, if you're talking to somebody and they are a FISBO, do they think they know what they're doing? Absolutely. Do they know what they're doing? No. No. No, absolutely not. However, your job is to get them to list with you so you can help them, correct? Correct. Correct. Right. However, if they're not listening, what good is it? Then any good at all, right? <laughs> they have to be listening to you. So you have to enter their world, talk to them like they will listen to you. So <clears throat> first thing you're going to learn about internals is internals think they know everything. 
I happen to be an internal. I don't listen to anybody. I do what I want. Most of the time I'm wrong, but that doesn't make any difference. I still do whatever I want. <clears throat> if I'm talking to, let's say, somebody like Mike Ferry about real estate, is he going to listen to me? No. He's an no. internal. He's Mr. Know-it-all, right? Yep. So the way you talk to him. who we to say, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, he is a know-it-all. He's worth $40 million, so, you know, he yeah. must know what, what he's know? doing. <laughs> what do I know? <laughs> so the thing is, when you have a know-it-all who thinks they know everything, you have to use two phrases. And the two phrases for know-it-alls are, you already know, and I don't have to tell you. Okay? So here you go. I tell you, I can sell my house myself. Use you already know in a sentence. Dan, I think you already know this is the right price, right? Perfect. You already know that this market will not support the app, your, your, your price. We need to adjust. Excellent. Excellent. And see, in my mind, since I'm an internal, I go, yeah, I already know that. And I walk around like, yeah, I already know that. You don't have to tell me that. So you're going to walk around and you're going to talk to people. And funny thing is, internals think they know everything. Then there are other kinds of people called externals. Externals are the kind of people that ask everybody, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Do you think I should do this? you think this is a good idea? They're the kind of people that they can make a decision, but they have to ask six million people. Now, whereas Mike Ferry is an internal, Matthew, his son, and Tom are both externals. They will ask a whole bunch of people's opinion on something before they make a decision. And with people who are externals, they usually go out and they say, okay, uh, what do you think about this? And then ask somebody else, what do you think about this? Before they decide to buy a car or go on a vacation or whatever. They get lots of people's opinions. So what you do with externals is you say, anyone will tell you, or everyone will tell you, and you bypass them asking a whole bunch of people's questions. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, Pat, <clears throat> if you want me to list with you, and I say, why should I list with you? Use everyone will tell you in a sentence. Well, Dan, anyone will tell you that my plan of action is the best way to get your home sold, correct? Perfect. Isn't that simple? Yep. Now, funny thing is, internals and externals hang around together. So whereas I am an internal, my wife is an external. I don't ask anybody. She asks everybody. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? before she'll decide to make a decision. We had an agent in the office, I don't know, six, seven years ago. 
and he was getting ready to buy a an SUV. And he would walk up and down the halls asking people, do you think I should buy this car? What do you think about this car? Do you think this is a good car to buy? One of the agents to shut him up said, look, if you just buy the damn car, I'll give you $500. Just shut up. <laughs> so let me ask you a question, Dan. That's a great point. Would you uh, describe an analytical as being both internal and external? Obviously, internally, they're going up doing their own homework. I mean, externally, they're doing their home and their research, but internally they're going to make a decision and get to that point point. they're not going to be swayed? Internals are the type who do lots of research and don't okay. listen to anybody. And the funny thing is, if you write something down and they read it, they tend to believe it, which is why we have listing presentations for them to look at it, CMAs. See, the it. thing is... They will listen to you if it's in writing and you show it to them and prove it to them. Okay? Now, if you just tell them the stuff, they won't believe it. But if it's in writing and you prove it to them, then they believe it. it. So you say, what's the difference? Well, it's in writing. It's like me. I go and before I bought my Lexus, I had to go to uh, Consumer Reports and read everything there was on cars. What's the best car to buy? Did I go ask any of my friends? No. Okay. <clears throat> there are one, two, three. I think there's four agents in the office who have the same RX350 that I do. Did I go ask them if they liked it? No. I read all the research. Now, my wife would have talked to every single one of them to ask them what they thought. Okay? Got it. Now, if they had all written reviews on their cars and I read them, then I would believe it. So then the idea with externals is they're less apt to read something in writing and they're more apt to be in the opposite of being uh, told. Exactly. They're They're more likely to ask people questions. When I went over to buy my car, I knew what I wanted. I knew more than the salesman knew. Okay? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how internals are. And I had, uh, we were doing a class on this, and one one of the agents said, well, you know, I don't know if I'm an internal or external. And Matt Ferry said, uh, So if you want to buy a car, what do you do? He said, well, I read all the relevant data. And the whole class cracked up because when somebody says, I read all the relevant data, that's totally an internal, an analytical. Now, one thing you need to know about internals, externals, and this drives my wife crazy, drives me crazy. If you you tell an internal what to do, They take what you tell them to do as information. My wife says, you have to take out the garbage. I go, yeah, you're right. And then I go back and watch television. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if I I say to my wife, uh, I I told her the other day, I said, we're out of mushrooms. I'm not going to the store right now. See, she, externals take statements as commands. You have to do this right now. I said, I just said we're out of mushrooms. I didn't say you had to go anyplace. Okay? 
Now. So <laughs> that's the difference between the two people. Externals take a statement as a command. You have to do it now. It's like in an office. If you say uh, to an internal secretary or assistant or whatever, the copier is out of paper. They go, yeah, it is, and go back to work and ignore you. If you say to an external, the copier is out of paper, they get up right away and put a copier in a paper in a copier. In my office, Brenda is an external. You say, Brenda, copier's out of paper. She gets right up and runs over and does it. Shirley, on the other hand, you say, Shirley, the copier's out of paper. She goes, it is? And goes back to doing what she's doing. And then you have to say, Shirley, will you please put paper in the copier? Oh, okay. All right? All right. So now you know why people are like they are. And you know that people who are internals tend to hang out with externals, and externals tend to hang out with internals. So what you have to do when you're on a listing presentation or with buyers, you have to talk to them as if one's an internal, one's an external, and then you don't have to care what they are. Just use both phrases. I don't have to tell you that this is a great house, and anybody you ask will tell you the same thing. That covers both, right? Yes. So if I am showing you a house, Pat, or you're showing me a house and my wife, and you think we should buy it, use a sentence with both phrases. And if you forgot them, I'll refresh your memory. With you already know, and anyone will tell you even this too? Yep. Okay, so, uh, so Dan, after going through these comparable homes, you already know that 525000 is the right price, and anyone will tell you if we go any higher, it will not sell. There you go. Now, Rich, would you like to do the same thing? Either a buyer or a seller. I'm, I'll be a buyer, I'll be a seller, whatever you want. Well, Dan, after looking at all these houses, you already know that the first house you chose was, was the right one, and anybody who sees this house along with you is going to agree the same thing. Very good. Very good. Now, Adita, would you like to try one? Yes. Um, you already know that this price would cost your home to sell, and if you ask anybody, any agent will agree uh, we'll, we'll tell you the same thing. Very good. Very good. Simple, isn't it? Yes. yes. Okay. So when we're working with people, and <clears throat> funny thing is NLP works great with clients. It also works great with your friends and your loved ones. And now <clears throat> you are starting to realize why either your husband, your wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, was like they were. You would ask them to do something, and they go, yeah, and I never do it. That's an internal. Okay? Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> you have to figure out what you are. What kind of person are you? 
Are you the type that studies everything in writing and then goes out and <clears throat> buys something? Or are you the kind that asks all your friends about what they had, what they want, how they've liked it, how long have they had it, and all that kind of stuff? And the more you do... Go ahead. How often do you find people that kind of fall into that? Because initially I was thinking I was an external, but then you said going up doing your research and knowing more than the salesperson, I was like, well, yeah, uh, that's definitely me. But part of my research is I'm obviously asking people questions. Okay. Everybody's a little bit of both. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it depends on how much you know about something. Okay? True that, yeah. <clears throat> Since I never had a car like I have before, I did a bunch of research. If I was just buying another car which was the same kind and I was familiar with it, then I probably wouldn't do all that research. If you ask Mike Ferry about real estate, of course he's an internal. If uh-huh. you ask him about uh, something else that he knows nothing about, that's totally different. Got it. Okay, he may listen to you. I say Quick. hey because he's never listened to me. Quick, quick question, Dad. Are, are internals usually drivers? Internals oh, are usually drivers. <clears throat> internals usually think they know what they're doing and where they're going. Okay. The classic internal joke is guy gets in the car with his wife, and he's flying down the road 60 miles an hour, and his wife says, we're going the wrong way. He says, I don't care. We're making great time. <laughs> Right? Right. That's a classic internal. So it, <clears throat> if you're internal, it doesn't mean you're right, which is why you have so many heads of corporations screwing up like crazy, right? Right. So-and-so, you know, just lost $6 billion for the company today. Why? Because he's an internal or she's an internal, and they don't listen to anybody. Don't most politicians think they know what they're doing? Too much, though. Yeah. (laughs) And they go, I mean, this is why so many people go and do crazy things and get in trouble because they don't listen to anybody. They think they know what they're doing. Or on the other side, they ask everybody's opinion. And then they get so confused, they make the wrong decision. Mm -hmm. Okay? That's why you want to be a little bit of each. Okay. Okay? Yeah, you want a balance. Because if you don't have a balance, you're either going to be very internal like I am or very external like my wife. And I've learned to actually ask people questions. (laughs) which is very rare with me. So, any questions so far? Matt, you make it easy. Thank you. For some reason, I... Can you guys hear me? My phone is acting up. I can hear you. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. So, uh... 
as far as internals and externals, when you're out there talking to people, like I said, if you use internal phrase and an external phrase, you won't have any problem because everybody is going to fall into one or the other. And a lot of times people who are even internals, and what <clears throat> what professions do you think are internals? Doctors, lawyers, lawyers, engineers. You got it. Accountants. Don't Powerful real estate agents. <laughs> do what? Powerful real estate agents. Powerful real estate agents. They think they know everything. <laughs> And usually, you know, like you said, you got this internal running a corporation doesn't know where they're going, and a whole bunch of externals running around following them and going nowhere. Definition of insanity right there. Yeah, Einstein's definition of insanity. Doing the same thing over and over and expecting something different. Einstein was a sharp cookie. He knew doing the same thing over and over and expecting something different would not work. He also said imagination is more important than knowledge. Oh, that's a good one, yeah. Yeah. And why is imagination more important than knowledge? Because you're always seeking to discover and learn and grow and obviously learn new concepts and apply them, so you're evolving, yeah. Yeah. And the thing is... It allows, it allows you to think of things that most people think are not possible, like the radio, airplanes, cars, cell phones. Yeah. Imagination is more important than knowledge. What if Henry Ford listened to people who said they wanted a faster horse? We'd all be riding horses today, wouldn't we? Faster horses, but horses, yeah. Yeah. We'd have much faster horses, and that would be about it. And the thing is, if you look at your life, everything in your life was an idea one day. Even you, even you were an idea one day in your parents' mind. Right? Right. Yeah. And if you hadn't been an idea in your parents' mind, you wouldn't be here today. But they imagine having a kid, and here you are. Maybe you're the kind of kid they wanted or not. I don't know which. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the hell are we thinking? <laughs> As my mother I'll never said, do this again. <laughs> yeah. Why did you do that, my mother? Or you just say, I'll never do it again until That's your tomorrow. <laughs> so the thing is, uh, NLP is basically, and Matt, Matt Ferry told me this one day, what we tend to do is talk about our lives. You wouldn't believe the kind of day I had. Oh, my God, you wouldn't believe what happened today. People spend most of their lives talking about what has happened, right? Yeah. Right. Yep. Okay. NLP is about what can be. You're talking about the future, even if it's only five minutes in the future. You're talking about how people can get their houses sold, how people should list with you, 
how people should sign the contract. It's all about the future, right? Future. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of just sitting here talking about, oh, my God, you wouldn't believe the day I had. Well, like I, I think I told you last week, I went and got a haircut a couple of weeks ago and said to the <clears throat> lady who was cutting my hair, you know, what are your goals for the new year? Oh, I gave up on that. They never work out. So where do you think she's going to be 10 years from now? Cutting hair. Exactly. Exactly. Until you have a vision of the future, you're not going anywhere. Because you'll never get there. Right? It's like if Adida wants to go from Chicago to Richmond and just hops Mm -hmm. in the car and starts driving, is she ever going to get here? Maybe eventually before she dies. I don't know. (laughs) That's a luck at that point, yeah. Yeah. But if she puts it in her GPS, yeah. mm-hmm. then she'll get here. Yeah. And that's what goals are all about. And that's why we need to be using the NLP. Because people, as a rule, don't have any goals as far as listing their house, selling their house, whatever. It's mm-hmm. all about I have to have, right? Yes. Well, I have to have a million dollars. Is somebody going to give it to me? No. Correct? Yes, yes, correct. Yeah. So we need to talk to people about what can be instead of what they're going to whine about. Because <clears throat> most of the time they spend whining. Focusing on what they don't want versus what they do want. Definitely. Yes. Like the old joke about what does your wife want for dinner? Or what kind of wine does your wife want for dinner? I want, <clears throat> they whine about I want to go to, Miami, I want to go out to dinner, I want you to take me on vacation. That's my wife's favorite wine. (laughs) How's that working out for her? (laughs) Not too well. (laughs) You're not taking that as a command. You're still watching TV. (laughs) I'll go, yeah, that's a good idea. I hope you meet somebody who will do that for you. I'm going to die over here. <laughs> so You mean? <laughs> no, I'm a good husband. <clears throat> 34 years and I'm still crazy about her, so. Anyway, any questions about any of this? No, it's all great stuff. Okay. And, and now, it now explains to me why Anthony Robbins and some of those others actually have stopped using NLP on our, to internalize NLP on ourselves. Correct. Yeah. Tony Robbins uses stuff all the time. Yeah. Anybody who's successful uses this. And that's pretty much where NLP came from. They studied successful people and said, what do they do? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's hey, why they call – go ahead. You just explained something, or both of you did. Most of the people I talk to think Anthony Robbins is just a motivational speaker. And that's why they're still where they're at, because that's what they think he is. Yeah. If you go online on YouTube and look at an Anthony Robbins video, you'll see at the bottom people say, oh, yeah, he just wants your money. He doesn't care about you. Well, good. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Keep that attitude. Yeah, he does want your you money, but you, need to care, but you need to care about you. <laughs> <laughs> Thing is, all these things work if you use them. Most people don't want to use them. 
they'd mm-hmm. rather whine and complain and go on and on about why they can't. Yeah. It's like yeah. sitting in a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it doesn't get you anywhere. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Man, I really rocked in my rocking chair today. Wow. I probably yeah. rocked about 30 miles worth. And yeah. I'm right back where I started. Any tips on using this on ourselves? I mean, I, I have something that says Hugo gets naturally excited about what can go right, just so I don't whine about things that don't go when they don't go right. Any other tips? Uh, yeah. Next week I was going to talk about towards the way, but why don't I do one next week about how to get yourself motivated? There you go. That's a good one. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Ah. I struck a nerve. <laughs> that scares me. <laughs> Since this is the beginning of the year, pretty much. Yeah, let me do a whole one about how to get motivated. Excellent. Okay? Sounds okay. awesome. All right. I will talk to you Great guys next week. Always. Thank you for uh, emceeing for us. You're welcome. Thank, Thank you, you very have much. Have a great week, Thanks, Take care. Bye-bye. You guys have a fun day. Have a weekend. We'll catch you next week. Bye. Mm-hmm. Bye. degree with um, being able to deal with objections. But at the end of the day, it's not about, well, how good are you? See, some people, and and with her, I feel that it became this. For some people, it, it becomes a game. When you're trying to sell somebody on something, it almost becomes a game to try to overcome all of their objections until finally a person just bends over to your will and buys whatever it is that you're selling. I call that unethical. I call that unethical and I call it unnecessary and to some degree greedy as well. Let me express my views on that. And and it actually comes, you know, something comes to mind um, that really, before I tell you what my views are, let me actually tell you this one quote 
that uh, Linda Proctor once used. I overheard it. We were doing a training webinar um, one Saturday morning, and she said something to someone. It wasn't something she typically said. It just, you know, came from her heart. And in that moment, it was, you know, sometimes we say things and we don't even know how much we're impacting people. Well, this had to have been maybe seven years ago, and to this day, it's like my mantra. It's what I always say internally and what I say to people because I think that if you stick with this, you will always be in integrity. And what she said to a person, an individual, um, on the line was that you don't have any right to ask anybody to join your business. At the time it was Vima. You don't have any right to ask anyone to join your Vima business until you have established exactly how it can help them. Now, I want you to take that statement and apply it to whatever it is that you do and apply it every single time that you're trying to get someone to look at your deal or to buy your deal. Because if you do that, if you do that, then you will never be annoying. You will never fall out of integrity. And you just might improve the percentage of closing, closings that you get. Because you see, so many people are only, are only trying to sell you on something because they're trying to reach their quota, because they're trying to reach their goal. But they don't take into consideration your needs, what's good for you. What was, the, what was interesting about this young lady that was calling me, she was so focused and, and you know, I'm sure she was nervous as well. I, this isn't a criticism. It was, it's just such a perfect textbook example of what not to be, what not to do. I would have to say that her, um, her responses were classic and they were textbook and they were actually very professional. But I also have to say that that is exactly what's wrong with this industry because there seems to be, you know, a lot of training done on overcoming objections. And I think that that's taking it from the wrong angle. Because if, if, you are, if you are showing somebody something from the point of view of how is this going to help them, then how can they object when it's for their own good? So in other words, when it comes to Zija, we always, um, because we have health products, we have weight loss products, we have um, the best oils. And in fact, our oils are clinical grade. She was trying to get me to go into a company that has oils that were a inferior quality. They're therapeutic grade. She doesn't even know what therapeutic is. Therapeutic is just a term, a marketing term. It means nothing. It, it means nothing as to the potency of the actual oil. Therapeutic means nothing, really. Clinical means scientifically proven. At least clinical means something. It's like pharmaceutical. Pharmaceutical would indicate a certain uh, level of purity. So, I mean, there are things that mean something in the scale of um, 
in the scale of values, but therapeutics certainly isn't one of them. And she was so focused on trying to get me into her company. She knew nothing about the Ameo oil. She only knew about her oils. And, um, and she wasn't listening to me. You know, she wasn't accepting that, number one, I was already with a company that had a great line of oils. And, and as I expressed, I believed that our oils were actually the best oils on the market because they've actually been scientifically proven and shown to penetrate the human cell and to even cause a gene expression. Nobody else's oils have been able to, I'm not saying they don't do that, but they haven't been able to show that. And so here she was trying to get me to move into an inferior product. Um, everything, and, and so number one, she didn't hear me when I, expressed what my opinion was, or I'm assuming she didn't hear me. Um, I also expressed to her that I'm working with an incredible group of people, and that in particular, I have a small group of women that I work with that we've just become so close. They're, They're like sisters. I am, you know, I am very, very committed to working with them and helping them achieve their goals. She didn't hear that. Instead, when I expressed that, she started telling me about her upline and how they're selling, uh, they're, they're selling uh, programs in 100 different countries. Well, hello, I also happen to work closely with Bob and Linda Proctor. you telling me that the upline is bigger than that? For everything that, you know, for, for any, anything that I expressed to her, she seemed to have a rebuttal. And all of her rebuttals, although they were very good and they were very clever, and they clearly were scripted, and I have to say they were scripted by, you know, a person with some level of uh, of finesse. However, they were coming from the wrong place, and because it was coming from the wrong place, she didn't hear what I said, because all she was focused on was selling me for her own purposes, and therefore she didn't hear what I said. Had she been instead trying to sell me because of something that I could get from it, she wouldn't have fallen so out of integrity. And and in the end of the day, I really realized that she felt that she was the one in integrity and that I was not. She felt that her oils, because because she believed so much in the the healing power of oils, that if I'm not even willing to look at hers, then I must be all about the money. And at the end of the day, she says, it's, it's not just about the journey it's it's about who we become on the journey and I just had to sort of shake my head and think you know this woman didn't hear a word I said and and she didn't hear a word I said because she she called me strictly with the intention of what she wanted she wanted me to look at her her oils and, and potentially join her for her own benefit and so she already had an agenda in her mind and she had already been given a list of responses to objections, and she used them all on me. Had she instead put away this list of answers to objections, had she instead sat down for a minute and thought, okay, how can I help Maria Morgan? And then if she she felt that she was going to help me from uh, the value of introducing me to the oils, well, if if I tell her that my oil, that I have a good line of oils and I believe they're better, it's up to her now to go back and do some research and find out are which oils are better, the Amea oils or the doTERRA oils that she was trying to sell me on. 
And then if she can discover some reason why her oils are better, come back with me with, with actual facts. But if she can't, then she's out of integrity. But you see, here's the thing. If we are thinking from the right place when we're trying to sell somebody, we won't be so deaf to their objection. And I don't think that overcoming objection should be a game to see who is more articulate and who is more sophisticated when it comes to psychology in being able to bend a person to do what you want them to do as opposed to allowing them to express what they need. So it was a great, great lesson. And I am so grateful that she called me because this is something that, you know, I've, um, to a large degree, I've thought about. I've, you know, we state always, you don't have the right to ask anybody to join whatever it is that you're doing or to buy whatever it is that you're selling until you have established how it can help them. And if whatever you're trying to sell is not going to advance a person from their current, from where they currently are, but it might actually, it's, you know, only going to advance you. And what you need to do is you need to really question your own um, intentions. And in my opinion, if we always stay within our integrity, what will happen is we will begin to vibrate at a higher level. We will begin to attract people and circumstances at a higher level. Guys, that's it. Not bad for a Friday, huh? Gives us a lot to think about. And uh, the line is getting weird and it's echoing, so perfect timing to close it off. Just remember this, whatever it is you're trying to sell, think about the person's needs. And I think you're always going to get a better outcome. And that better outcome does not always mean the sell, the sale. That should never be your only focus. We are about service. The more service we provide, the higher our vibration. Have a fantastic day, everybody. It's a great weekend, and see you on Monday. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Take care. The organizer has disconnected, and this conference will continue.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.